Welcome back to What's Been Happening, a podcast discussing the latest entertainment and celebrity news. I'm Laurie Pearson-Smith and each week I'll be joined by a fellow female millennial to chat the showbiz headlines. This week I'm joined again by blogger and music journalist at The Herald, Lisa Marie Ferla. You all loved her last time so I brought her back to chat. I've got you back, Liz. I've introduced you. So, Taylor Swift, and we've got a lot of snakes on social media <laughs> highlighting this for snakes. I, I am, I am Team Snake, and I was really looking forward to us discussing this because I know that you are Team Kim. Well, I suppose in this particular beef, I'm Team Kim as well. You, you kind of can't not admire somebody getting in and defending her man um oh yeah i'm, I'm always... team kim but you can't deny that taylor swift's got some fantastic songs and this is one of them <laughs> i am a huge taylor swift fan and I'm, I'm delighted to have her back i'm not entirely convinced by the latest song i think it's an interesting new direction um but then thinking back to the launch of her last album, 1989, the first single that came out with that, Shake It Off, was very different to how the rest of the album sounded. So yeah. I think anyone who's listening to that, I know there's been a lot of chat online today saying, oh, this is terrible. Well, it's not terrible. It's I think it takes a few listens to kind of get its hooks into you, but I don't think it's necessarily particularly indicative of what the rest of the album's going to sound like when it comes out in November. Yeah, I think this song's really catchy and, like, true Taylor Swift style, but it's dark. You know, it's not light and jokey like her other songs. It is a much darker song, but it went straight on my Spotify playlist and I can still hear me, like, saying some lines from it now, especially the one that's been all over Twitter today. Taylor's <laughs> not available right now. Oh, why? She's dead! <laughs> I, I just, just love the bit. way she says it. I love the, the cheeky little glint in her voice. That's probably the wrong uh, description, but you know what I mean? Just like the, the wee sort of innocent girlish, she's dead. I love that. So just to fill people in, um, so Look What You Made Me Do is Taylor Swift's first song this year, and it was just released today, and it's from her new album, Reputation, that comes out on November the 10th. And there's a lot of bits in this song and on the album cover, they sort of make nods towards that Kim and Kanye feud that we just mentioned. The album cover, do you not think it's a lot like Kanye's Life of Pablo? I didn't get that from it at all, but then I'm not hugely familiar with Kanye's musical. It's the font, I think. Ah, right. I think it's the kind of font that she's picked, yeah. And she talks. look at that one again. Yeah, you will. And she talks about. I don't like your tilting stage and things. And he, in his last tour, had this crazy floating stage that would tilt towards the kind of mosh pit bit. So I don't know if that's about them. And the bit about the phone call, obviously, Kim Kardashian released footage of a phone call that was apparently between Kanye West and Taylor Swift. So I don't know whether that's making reference to that. People And obviously the, it. fact, it's, it's not the, the fact that she kind of... Uh, trailed the uh, the single with um, this graphic on her social media of a snake shedding its skin um, when that was the uh, 
the emoji that that Kim sent out into the world when she had this proof of Taylor Swift yeah. being a liar. And then almost... everyone started bombarding her with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I really love about about Taylor's music is that while it might be about really specific instances in her life and, and you know, in the past a lot of that's been about relationships with, you know, the various celebrity men and everyone loves to write about Taylor and her men. I think um, the lyrics tend to be quite sort of general and universal. I can see people, um, I think particularly young girls, kind of catching on to all the references about, you know, everyone loves a bit of drama. Um, yeah. Certainly in some of the circles we move in, people love a bit of drama um, and I can see people kind of grabbing onto that as almost like an empowerment anthem. Oh yeah, so, it's, it's very much a kind of rebirth, revenge, empowerment uh, anthem and I think it will fit a lot of people's situations and that's why I think it's going to catch on really quite quick. Kind of, it's a bit like um, Aguilera's fighter, it's that kind defiant. of catchy, defiant. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's great so I can't wait to hear what else comes from her in the album in November. Well, I've already got the pre-order in an iTunes, so... Oh, have you? See, I'm not that much of a fan. Just play it for free on the <laughs> Now, moving on from music to television, do you watch American Horror Story, Liz? You know, I have never seen American Horror Story before, and I don't know why that is. Um, I know you wanted to talk today about the new series, um, so kind of it. My first exposure to the American Horror Story franchise was this trailer that, that dropped this week for the new series cult and it looks amazing it does but you're a bit of a, you've got a bit of a sensitive disposition like me and so <laughs> i who have tried and failed to watch all six previous seasons and lasted about five minutes into the episode before switching off oh dear advise you to watch and i even braved one whole episode of freak show which was season four because my husband had it on and he wouldn't put it off and i st- Still have nightmares about that. I can oh, still no. see it so clearly. This two-headed like freak in the circus. Oh, and one of them died, and the other head was still alive. Oh, it was horrible. Ah, spoilers! It was honestly <laughs> the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. So mm, I wouldn't advise you to watch it. But this one, if you are interested in watching it, is it's called Cult, and it's got a background to last year's presidential Trump v Clinton election, and it's basically features a lot of clowns and it's basically about a cult with clowns. Which sounds like the worst thing ever. Yep. And one thing you can guarantee with American Horror Story is that it will be very weird and very disturbing. See, I like that to a certain extent. When I was growing up, my favourite TV show was The X-Files. And I was obsessed with that show to the point that I could quote huge chunks of it. Um, so things that are a little bit offbeat, a little bit creepy do appeal to me and what strikes me about American Horror Story is the fact that each one of the seasons is a self-contained story so yeah. somebody like me thinking oh this looks really good I don't necessarily have had to watch the previous six seasons to to jump in and get no, it I, I get the impression that you know there's little callbacks and certain characters show up in, in different series. Yeah, there's um, a couple of seasons that are linked. I think one and three is maybe linked to six, I think it was. Um, mm. Loosely linked, like a character, like you said, kind of comes back. 
But I think that's it. I think apart from that, they're all kind of self-contained mini. Seems really interesting. And I, I'm, I like the fact as well that there is this, this backdrop of the presidential election. I don't think it's... It doesn't strike me as being a sort of central theme, but with a lot of the, the turbulent politics in the world right now, I'm quite, I'm quite intrigued for when the art starts coming out about that. I know it sounds quite flippant, but things like you know, the um, Trump's election and things like the Brexit vote over here, I think can be the backdrop to lots of really interesting drama in the coming years. So if this is the start of those shows, I think it could be quite interesting to watch. Yeah, I don't know how much about the actual election itself this is. I just know it's kind of loosely kind of fitted around that type of the election. But it does have Evan Peters back that everyone loves and Sarah Paulson. Um, and we've got Billy Lourdes and Emma Roberts and people like that in it as well. So it should be a really good thing. Yeah, I really like Sarah Paulson. I think she was fantastic in The People versus O.J. Simpson and some yeah, other things that I've seen her in. As a lawyer, I, I think what well, is her fate, I'm sure she's a two-headed, headed person. <laughs> That's, that's the face that's sticking in my head. I'm pretty sure that's her, so I'm not sure I'm going to like this. Oh, dear. <laughs> Just, uh, so that was from season four, which is Freak Show. Um, I tried to watch season one. That was Murder House. It was about an old haunted house with, like, demonic creatures and things. Number two was set in a mental asylum. It's all weird and wonder stuff in there. Number three was Coven, which was all about wit. Four was the Circus Freak Show. Five was Hotel, which I think is probably the weirdest one yet. It's not the scariest one, but it's the weirdest one yet. And um, mm. there's serial killers, demons, vampires, and Kathy Bates is just terrifying in it. And then Roanoke um, was sort of shot kind of paranormal documentary style, which was the last series. So I'm interested to see where they go with this. It premieres on September the 5th at 10pm on the FX channel. So I'm going to throw a little surprise topic in. Oh no! Since we're running out of time. Someone you'll know, that, know nothing about probably, but I don't think we can do a celebrity entertainment podcast without a brief mention of poor Bruce Versailles. Oh yeah. It's the end of an era, and to be serious, it is actually really sad obviously but it is an end of that kind of entertainment year I can't think of anyone that we've got left that does that kind of live at the Palladium type show and it's a yeah. real shame I know I suppose the closest thing that contemporary TV has is somebody like Graham Norton who couldn't yeah. be more dramatically different or maybe um, Adam Deck yeah Perhaps, yeah, they've got that sort of the, the light entertainment thing going on. But yeah, obviously somebody like, like Bruce Forsyth, he had such an amazing career. And sure, after he stepped down from Strictly, it wasn't a shock, you know. He's um, He was, what, 89? Yeah, yeah, he's very like old. That. He did fantastic to last as long as he did. Being able to learn those scripts and read the autocue. And still have that twinkle in his eye. Yep. And the little dance. Yeah. But yeah, that's the same. And they're bringing back Kids TV, I noticed. So on a Saturday morning, live Kids TV is coming back to BBC. So I'm hoping oh. they, they might find, with Gunge and Slime and all that, 90s malarkey. So I'm hoping they might find a little kind of, not as good replacement as Bruce Forsyth to do some kind of Saturday night show. Paul O'Grady, actually, he's quite good. Yes, he is. I love his stuff that he does with uh, the, the Battersea Dogs home. Which I'm sure is up your street as well. Yeah, and Blind Date I thought was great. So I think we need more Bruce Forsyth style stuff. We need more Blind Date style stuff. 
and I'm going to be tuning in, I think it's this month, mid-September, to BBC Saturday mornings to watch all the Gunge games and opening the post bag and things, just like the 90s. Yeah, that's that's a huge bit of our childhood right there. And I do feel feel sorry for generations who don't have those cultural touchstones of the, the Saturday morning magazine show. Know, so that's remember, exciting that they're bringing that back. Do you remember running to the phone to phone up the competition line? Oh, I was never allowed to phone them. Oh, OK. <laughs> I think I made a bit too many calls to the competition lines. Didn't win anything. This is, this is probably why I wasn't allowed to. But yeah, I'm really excited at Kids TV coming back. And I was lucky enough to work at Nickelodeon, probably on the last Kids Live TV show that was made before they stopped doing it. Oh, wow. So You'll need to tell um, me all about that someday. So um, that was really good. So I got to see it before it just moves to, you know, just program after program and ad break after ad break. I got to kind of Friday night shows and things. So that was really good. So I'm looking forward to the return of Kids TV. Is there anything, I am too then. Is there anything that you're looking forward to at the moment, music-wise? Holidays, mostly. Holidays. <laughs> I'm just, I'm excited for holidays um, and I'm also excited for um, the Electric Fields Music Festival in, in Dumfrieshire um, next weekend, um, which is my favourite Scottish music festival because it's just such a, a chilled, laid back atmosphere. Um, although I think part of the reason why I love it so much was um, the fact that the weather was just beautiful last year, particularly after I'd done tea in the park and almost got drowned and and, and a mudslide and I doubt the weather's going to be as nice this year so I I hope my memories aren't going to be upset by that but (laughs) and can everyone tune into your Instagram and Twitter and that and see some of the highlights from that festival next weekend oh absolutely absolutely I don't know if I'll be covering it for um for any papers or anything but I'll definitely be on social media Cool. And what is it? Is it at last year's girl underscore? Yes, last year's Yay. girl underscore. Photographic memory. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Liz. Thank you for having me I'll again. I'll definitely have you back. Yay.